Welcome to 12 Minutes of Dauntless Commentary on Widely Unaccepted Truth from God's Word. Hang on to your Bible. I am Elsie Breeden, and this is Audaciously Unpopular. Okay, so there's this really popular song right now on Christian radio that has a line in it, in the bridge, that says, My sin can't separate. I believe we've painted this picture that the only need, the only time that we need for repentance is when we first come to Christ. And after that introductory prayer, after that first thing of confessing and repenting, then we're good to go. And after that, sin, whatever, I'm still good. Mess up, whatever, nah, it's okay. Romans 8, um, 38 through 39, we're very familiar with, and it's used a lot to assure us that we can never be separated from the love of God, which is great, but it doesn't list sin. It does not say that sin will not separate us. We put it there. And in John 10, verse 27 through 29, when Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd, we ha- we like to put in there that after that one time we prayed, then we're good and no one can change that. Even if we sin, we can live however we want. We're still there. We're still good. But sin still separates. I know it's not popular. I know it's not preached, but it's true according to the Bible that sin still separates. Even if you're a child of God, sin still separates. Whether it's something that you knew you shouldn't have done and you did it, or something that you knew you should have done and didn't do it, either way, it comes between us and God. It still creates space, it creates distance. If this was not the case, then why would we find David in Psalm 51 pleading for forgiveness, for a clean heart, for restoration, and begging God not to take his Holy Spirit from him? Why, if if sin was not an issue after one began a relationship with God, and David was called the man after God's own heart, so if sin was not an issue following that initial introduction, then why would we find David crying out to God, to forgive him. Why would John write about in 1 John about the advocate that we have? The writer of Hebrews speaks about our great high priest who we can go to and he's he's there to to intercede for us, that Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. So why would all of these things be necessary if sin didn't separate? Because it does. Sin separates when we fall short, a wedge begins. When we fail to repent, when we fail to go back to him and respond to conviction, the distance grows and grows and grows. But why? Why, if I have been saved, if I have made that initial decision to follow Christ, then then it, it's fine, right? Why does sin still separate? Their answer is because God and sin cannot coexist. So even though we have invited God into our hearts, if we leave sin unrepented of, if we leave sin and we're content to just do it, just keep it, just whatever, not deal with it, then we're pushing God out because God is holy and God is perfect and God cannot coexist with sin. The Bible says that he looks on sin and he hates it. So if we have sin, if we have fallen short, even after salvation, we are not perfect. Salvation does not make us perfect. 
just makes us forgiven. So when we have fallen short after that, after that initial repentance and confession, and we fall short and we make a mistake and we say something we shouldn't have said, or we make a decision we shouldn't have chosen that way, and we sin and we feel that conviction, if we don't respond, it creates distance. And yes, it separates us from God. If we continually choose against him, if we decide that our way is better and that we know better than God does, he will not always convict us. He will not always go after us because eventually if we keep going our own way and we keep deciding that sin is better than grace and we keep deciding that our way is better than his way, it will eventually separate us more and more and more and more. And if we are in that separation, when eternity comes, it will be complete separation. So yes, we need to know and we need to talk about this and we need to tell this. Yes, sin separates. Sin is not something to mess around with. Sin is bondage. It is death. It separates us from God. So we have to keep our account short. Something the pastors uh, that I grew up under that he said all the time is keep your account short. Constantly go before the throne. If you know you've sinned, if you don't even know you've sinned, sometimes we do things and we don't even realize we've done them and we offend God or we offend one of his children. We need to go before the throne and confess that and open our hearts to his scrutiny and open our hearts to for him to search us and to cleanse us from even the things that we're not aware of, to keep our account short, to counteract that separation because the this fallen world that we live in and the sin that we are constantly surrounded by the temptations that we have we have to stay close to god we have to keep that account short or that sin will creep in and it will start small and it will be something that we're just like oh it's not that big of a deal but then it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and the the distance between us will get more and then this is the scary part we'll stop realizing that there's distance. And when we stop realizing that there's distance between us and God, that's the scary thing. Because then we get used to life, not lived close to him. We get used to life, not lived with him, not lived in regards to his standards or not lived in honoring to him. And we just get used to that. I don't want anything to separate me from him. So even though it's not the popular thing and it's not the thing that's sung about or preached about on TV these days, that sin is still a thing. Sin is still an issue. It is still the same as it was before you got saved. It can still separate you. If we are unrepentant, if we don't go back to him, if we don't allow the blood to cleanse us and to wash us and to renew us and have our bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord, like it says in Romans 12, then we can find ourselves separated from God. So we must keep our account short and go back to him and, and just have this concept. I don't want even the smallest thing the smallest offense, the smallest slip of my tongue, the smallest thing in my life, the thing that maybe I'm holding on to instead of holding on to him, maybe that doubt, that that unbelief, that pride, that any any little part of my old self that still likes to resurrect on those days that I don't, I'm not watching out for it. 
I don't want any of that stuff to come between me and him because he paid a price so great. He paid a price so great that I would not have to live in bondage, that I would not have to be separated from him. But Jesus died that he might bring me to God. I say first Peter, he says that he came to bring us to God. And I want you to just think about this for a second, that Jesus, who was there when the world began, he came in flesh to die on a cross And now that he has paid that penalty, that he took the wrath of God that we deserved, he took that on himself so that we would not have to be separated, so we would not have to live apart from the grace of God. All of that that he did, and he did it so that he can take us by the hand and walk us into the throne room and say, this one's mine. This one has accepted me as their savior. This one is one I paid for. This one is one who walks with me and honors me and delights in my way, and delights in my word. And that is why we have the privilege to come boldly before the throne of grace. Hebrews 4 talks about coming boldly before the throne of grace. Why can we come boldly? Why can we, who who are sinful, fallen creatures, who all fallen short of the glory of God, how can we walk boldly into the throne room of a holy God? Because Jesus, Jesus stands in between us, and Jesus closes that gap. And he makes it possible for us to be in the same place as God and not die. For us to be in his presence, for us to even approach him with our petitions, with our cries, with our fears, with our delights, whatever we want to go to him with. The only way that that is possible is through Jesus. So whether you have never put your trust in him or whether you have been trusting him for a long time, it is a truth that sin separates and we must have Jesus whether we've never been a Christian before or we've lived a Christian life for 20 years or 40 years or however long we still must know that without Jesus we are separated from God there's there's no way around it we must have Jesus he is the only way to the father we must go through him we must be careful not to slack in that understanding because it's so easy to let the things that are the the, that feel good gospel that is presented in so many ways today to just be okay with that and just well you know we've got grace so all's good no not all's good unless you have lived a life repented and surrendered and that's not just a one-time thing That might be a daily thing. It's definitely a weekly thing. It might be an hourly thing for some of us. But we must remember any sin, anything that's outside of the will of God, anything that goes against him, anything that offends him, anything that offends his children or dishonors him, any of that stuff. If I let it stay, if I let it take root in my life, if I let the bitterness stay or the pride stay, if I let those things stay that he has convicted me about, if I let them stay in my life, then I will be separated from the king of kings and there will be distance between us. And yes, I can go back at any time, but the danger here is, will I realize it? Will I realize that there's distance? Will I realize that I'm farther away from him now than I was a week ago or two weeks ago? And so just to avoid that, just keep your account short. Stay close every single day. Make it a point to stay close so that you know there is nothing separating me from God.